0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Sounds in Cinema Podcast.
1: Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer?
0: Here we are again, everyone. Tom and I are here discussing *The Empire Strikes Back*. Our third segment. We're almost twenty minutes out of this movie.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I I don't know if this is. Maybe we love it. (laughs) I don't know if I'm gonna help us move on, but uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why is why is the Falcon breaking down so much more satisfying than the Enterprise breaking down? <laughs> I maybe maybe it goes because it's the same thing. It's just a series of slapstick accidents. Yeah,
0: maybe it goes to dirty space.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's the, the difference. Yeah, and the fact the idea that the Falcon is established as something that's eccentric and flawed. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Enterprise shouldn't necessarily be. It was it introduced like it to us is. as a
0: hunk of junk.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There
0: and yet go. it's the fastest. You know. Okay. You know what's funny to me is that there was a there was a lot of pushback to this movie's director Irvin Kershner about, you know, he came up with ideas. Filming on the day of set. Hmm. Like. Han turning on the lights and them coming back down and him hitting the wall, which is, I mean, just classic. And everybody was in the trailer. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: recently watched the trailer and that's in there. So it kind of been can't have been, can't, can't have out been out. a
0: bad idea because everybody no. was thinking, no, let's not do that. And he goes, what are you talking about? Come on, it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. um, So the fa- so we have we, we leave Hoth. We our, we as we said, when we were going we to commercial, our, yeah, we're, we're,
0: we're going off onto multiple storylines.
1: We go, at least in one of the storylines, the action doesn't let up because it yeah. goes straight into oh. a space chase. And my note here is a, is, a, is a recurring one. Why have they never managed this again? Mm-hmm. Normally when they do this in a Star Wars film, the pace drops. Yeah. I'm you know, after a, Looking after at a you, Ryan Johnson. Series. Um... Yeah, this is what I'm thinking of the last year I am I'm like I'm like it seems so again seems like so easy just keep it moving. Yeah. In in one of the storylines then you can be cerebral and slow in the other one, but keep at least one keep at least one of the balls in the air. Yeah, right. And and you know at any given time. So we have some contrast. Um and it's you know this is often talked about how fairy tale Uh, Star Wars movies is there's a real David versus Goliath Mm -hmm. kind of feeling about the the fleet chasing the Falcon, this one ship. This This ship that we love, we discover
0: has become a slingshot.
1: It's the little train that could, right? (laughs) And it reminds us, you know, at this point, our heroes are part of the minority. They are. They're not. They are the uh, you know, well, and you really direct, get that the, the counterculture. Yeah, and right? it's funny
0: right. because that that was one of my big notes for this movie because we've destroyed the Death Star, mm. and yet we're still behind. So when yeah. you see the scale and the scope of the Imperial forces, you think, man, I mean, they really have a stranglehold on the universe.
1: They the the galaxy or was, galaxy rather, yeah. Yeah. Only that sports commentator in the Phantom Menace thinks it's a universe. <laughs> You're um, right with the two heads uh <laughs> yeah it's 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 a fascinating one because at no point in this movie do, do they let our heroes win for very long they have mm-hmm. minor victories along the way but it's never too long before they you know so they have to evacuate or they get uh attacked or have to hide out or something like they have these well- huge setbacks
0: and story-wise, I mean, I don't want to jump too far, but story-wise, you want you, you want
1: could if you, you to.
0: want your heroes to to reach a a depth, a bottom, so that they can yeah. climb back up. But later yeah, it's in the tril- movie, good Ker-
1: trilogy storytelling. Isn't yeah,
0: it? and later, Kirshner still does something interesting where when one half of the group is getting lifted up, that's when Luke is falling his furthest down again. Exactly. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a sense of interplay between the two storylines yeah. that is really well thought out and leads to a much more interesting watch. Um, but here's a moment, you know, you mentioned that why the hell didn't this win an award for art direction despite being in the middle of the of potato an action sequ- and the shoe despite being in the middle of an action sequence when they when they're flying around the asteroid field. Uh-huh. All I can think of is how beautiful yeah this the balletic movement of the rocks and the ship, John Williams' music, you know, going full hulls the yeah, planets. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it almost to like a two thousand one level of of pure like. Well, and so a, a, I think a sublime, yeah, sublime spectacle. You know, and
0: I think it's funny you say that because I think the same exact thing. But I had that conscious thought where I don't think people think that this raises to the level. I think because it's pulse pounding and because it's quick and fast, as opposed to the. But it's
1: not. It's it's. Well, the pace is the yeah, pace pay, is. Yeah. Pace and speed are two different things, right? Like it's keeping the ball in the air. Well, I'll go back to that.
0: I'll go back to Star Trek too, because Star Trek the Motion Picture wanted to do what 2001 had did, and what yeah. we discover in that watch is. Y- you're making a less interesting film. Yeah. You know? So Definitely. It it has to work for for what you're doing and what mm-hmm. you want to do. Star Trek is not 2001, so don't aspire to be that. Yeah. And Star Wars is aspiring to be Star Wars. It's its own thing, but it's just as operatic, it's just as balletic, it's you know,
1: it's pushing. I think it. I don't know. I think. I think also that that's all true. But I think it is pushing the boundaries a little bit when it comes to art cinema in this particular mm. movie. And you know, again, speaking of Ryan right, Johnson, he's the one who gets all the pl- plaudits for pushing the series in a more art film direction. But I think Kirshner deserves that too. Between this and the some the kind of dream sequence scenes on mm-hmm. Dagobah, yeah. there's a lot in this movie that is you know pushing the boundaries of you know uh of entertainment into art right and i don't think it gets record this is one of them i think i agree and um yeah Um, i got a question
0: for you by the way okay all right uh this is sort of away from the movie but about the movie oh for you this is the most notes i've ever taken for any of our movies was it the same? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just well, curious. Well, I have
1: I have about I have about as many notes as I usually do in like a four-five film series, but a series but I only have two films. <laughs> um well, we're, let's so you want to go to Dagobah? The, let's go to we Dagobah. We can go back and
0: forth like the story does.
1: Yeah. Crash landing into the swamp. Already I'm getting a sense that this is a much more dangerous and complicated Venture version of the star of the star wars world than we've seen previously yeah. uh nothing is plain sailing anymore mm-hmm.
0: um nothing's going to be easy on our heroes
1: and but it's it's interesting because it's like world building on the fly we're not putting you know it's not like the phantom menace which is only purpose is to build yeah a fictional world and do nothing with it <laughs> um <laughs> but all, you know we're going to planets with different climates new terrains mm-hmm. building the building out the sense of you know what different planets will be like and when we get to the planets they feel like real places you know there are actual animals yeah. wandering around Dagobah. the snakes and lizards right um, so it's again it's verisimilitude on a number of levels sure that the movie is, is going for, but never putting too fine a point on it. Never, it's no, it's never being hard. showy with it. Yeah, it's no, nev- never, it's, it's nev- never
0: standing up and waving its arms, saying,
1: "Look at this." Well, speaking of if, not well, and being to showy, your point, it just is. It's just the world. It just yeah. Speaking of not being showy, isn't Vader's scarred head just the right amount of detail we need?
0: So pitch perfect.
1: like His helmet going back onto his star head yeah. from behind. It's like we're digging deeper into Vader's identity without laying it on too thick. Right. Um... I just I really, I, 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 And again, we're following Admiral Piet with his, you know, having yeah. to look, having to look, having away. to
0: see his scarred head, and going, "I shouldn't have seen that." We're seeing it from, and again, we're seeing it. Th- that's through his eyes. That's a P. That's a POV. That's yeah. a Piet POV. <laughs> a POV. That's an album title. Piet POV.
1: Ha, has the series ever done that again, where we've invested in such a minor supporting I don't, character? Not that
0: I can think of.
1: Watto, maybe. I'll <laughs> oh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> it's not what you wanted. We're not hear. there. Um, <sighs> this was a, this was another sort of solo when I did a solo link in my head. Mm. when C three PO talks about. Uh, oh no, it's not at this point. Well, I mean, he talks about the peculiar dialect of the Falcon, and if you read it through Solo, you know. That the Falcon has a robot soul in it. Yeah. Some people don't like it. I actually think they those two things can exist simultaneously.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. And I like. But what? What all you know? Solo has got a section in it about robot rights, and this movie. Yeah. Makes that. And puts that to the top of the agenda. Right. Because c 3 is being gagged. Yeah. He, turned off. Right. He says, please don't turn me off. <laughs> and um. still gets
0: turned off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally the only time that Han and Leia can agree on anything is when they decide to turn him yeah. off.
1: Um, I love how, because I agree with you. I don't think there's a sense of Han and Leia as a, as a burgeoning couple in the original. Mm-hmm. Except when Han's trying to uh, taunt Luke. Right that's the limits of it i think but there's a lot of banter and conflict between them in that movie and this movie is where it gets sexualized yeah and it kind of almost feels like the grown-ups took over right (laughs) like people who understood adult sexuality yeah right (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) um so i don't know that's that's the way i always felt about it again the truth might be different but it, it definitely comes across that way like that understands how two people can romantically relate to each other mm-hmm. even through conflict and yeah ostensibly hating and each uh, other. yeah right um i love again we're swapping back and forth here but this is what the movie's like yeah when we go back to dagobah luke is recharging r2 I love that that's Eva- one
0: of my notes i i I don't think I'd There's, ever know. Maybe noticed Star before. Wars isn't as
1: different from our world as we like to think. We still have to charge yeah. your your androids occasionally. I my <laughs> note fun. is R2 needs power. Yeah. <laughs> Did I But again it's like showing us the intricacies and realities of the world we're in, yeah. right? It's like it's not a limitless supply of uh, you know, uh power. Mm-hmm. Um But this is where I have Here's where we meet Yoda.
0: Yeah. I have those two. I have the notes that we're we're, we're firmly in multiple storylines. It's it's not just Luke and Yoda, and yeah, ha, Han and Leia. It's also Darth Vader and Piet like that storyline yeah. as well. You know,
1: Darth Vader and Piet as a storyline. <laughs> I love it. But then uh, we have ha- the introduction of happy, Yoda. You'll be happy to to hear here. I know you're worried about how I, my feelings about Yoda. Mm-hmm. I, that Yoda's perfect from the get-go. Good, his his Muppet Columbo routine, I think, is fantastic. I also
0: wish it repeated itself in any other movie.
1: He's a. It's interesting. In I je- wish we'll he was a ge- bit of a scam in some other yeah. movie. He's a little bit. He he's got a little bit of that edge in Jedi when we when we re when we re meet him. Oh, I mean, uh,
0: aside from the original trilogy.
1: Oh, okay. I yeah, would agree great. with that. Well, and I think that's what they were going for in The Last Jedi. I don't know if they succeeded. Page turners, are they not? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's great about that as well, again, great direction. Yeah. We see reaction shots that show us who he really is. Right. That the character that he's playing is just a character. Yeah. Because his reaction shots tell us what he's really thinking. hmm uh, of how the fuck you do that with a puppet. And I was just going to say, <laughs> let's let's pause
0: for a moment to say that we're doing that with a puppet.
1: It's what some the kind fuck? of It's some kind of magic in which you watch all of the Yoda scenes and you never once think it's a puppet or a mask. Right. Never once. Not for a
0: second. And I've um, recently seen E.T. back on the big screen and there's a few moments, you know, you, yeah. co- you completely buy E.T., but there are moments where you think, I'm dealing with a puppet.
1: Yeah. You don't even... It's not even like you get a sense that, the you know, Deep Roy is in there mm-hmm. for most of the time. It's not even the sense that there's a guy in there. Right. Or there's a different guy doing his voice or any of that. Right. You f- totally forget about that. Um, well, like I
0: said, so much so, so did the director.
1: <laughs> yeah cuz he's well, he's go. delivering there... notes to the puppet. <laughs> um his 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 where I had a question. Um and also this is by the way the Muppet Columbo routine is just a com- a slightly comically skewed version of Obi-Wan's well of course I know him he's me. Yeah. So it ain't that different from the way Obi-Wan's introduced. Mm-hmm. It's just in different and funny. Um and write for the character, so when so Vader's getting hologram reports from his officers, right, who are on presumably on three different ships in the asteroid field, right. Now I want to know, in your version, the original version, does one of those holograms disappear in the middle of the report, mm. as if, as if like a a huge like asteroid basic, hit it, like an asteroid hit it. I don't think so. Because if that's a special edition, a, a special edition edition, it's not funny. If it was in the original movie, it's funny. <laughs> because they're just they're just like balancing humor and drama. If they added it in later, there wasn't supposed to be any humor in that scene, and they added it in, so it's unbalanced. Right. So I don't know. I would have to feel bad. Fu- I don't know if it's funny or not. So <laughs> what I'm saying. That all depends on when it was put in. That's funny. And speaking of special editions, we have to talk about the Emperor.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Who in your version is a chimp-faced lady. Is a
0: woman, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, with a bit of chimp uh-huh. face.
0: Yeah, chimp eyes. Uh,
1: chimp eyes. Uh, and it's funny because... And in my version, it's Ian McDermott. Yeah. With different With wives. different dialogue, yeah. So, I don't... Kn- in the big scheme of things i don't object to putting retrofitting emma dermid in there yeah right you know it's like putting jerry stiller back as frank costanza in syndication when <laughs> he wasn't played by jerry stiller it's like i'm fine with that but rewriting the dialogue that changes the entire movie yeah right that changes what we know that 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 that's a, that, a ripple effect of that mm-hmm. that you know more for the rest of the movie than you did than you should that's, that's what I object to. But isn't that,
0: isn't it interesting that that choice was made because it's indicative of filmmaking right now? Yeah. You know, when you think. Let's of, give him the game away. Yeah, you're giving the game away when you think about. Um, I think we've talked about this before, but uh, Man of Steel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we're on fucking Krypton for like forty minutes. Yeah. Whereas Superman and Superman Two, when you repeat it. <laughs> Uh, you know that movie knows that you need ten minutes. Get off that mm-hmm. planet.
1: You well, ha- it's all we can afford. You no ha- ha- no
0: yeah, that's true. But sometimes knows. those constraints are good. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, they're great. Yeah, it should
1: be it should be no longer than that. Yeah, uh,
0: the, this and... over-explaining of things to audiences that I mean, do they think they're dumber? I mean, they might be dumber, but don't 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 play to them. <laughs>
1: Well, also, you know, trust this movie's ability to express the same thing in half the amount of dialogue and information. Yeah, Right. absolutely. I like how Yoda's house kind of leans into the Tolkien of it all. Mm-hmm. It's, def- it's like a real hobbit hole. So it's a nice nod to the fantasy side of, sure. of the saga. Um, I tell you what I absolutely love here. When Yoda reveals who he really is... Yeah. It's a big reveal, done in an undramatic way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you have all the technical. You, you've literally. You but have to all me, the it's to me it, at your disposal, and they've gone with. Yeah. Acting, writing. I was directing. just gonna it's say. How we do this moment. Because yeah. to me, it's all about character,
0: acting, writing. Yeah. The character revealing himself.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, th- again, through a puppet, like, with with yeah. facial expression.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Yoda's... And the voice changes. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, this, the we all do the Yoda impressions, but most of them are Yoda before we find out he's Yoda. Right. <laughs> when we do the Yoda impression, it's the Muppet Columbo right. version of Yoda. Let me ask
0: you about that since we're on the subject. Yeah. This movie and Jedi... I mean, obviously, there's something going on within a Yoda speech pattern of sort of what? I don't even know. Object, subject, then verb.
1: Yeah.
0: And yet. It's not every sentence. It's not. It's
1: it's not like to me. Yeah, it's what we it's what we've decided to focus on culturally. Yeah. Right. That
0: and does, it, then it became it that
1: movie. Yeah. Where
0: in subsequent movies. It's overused to a way where I keep thinking to myself, that's not Yoda. And when you add the fact that he's now... Page-turners,
1: are they not? Yes. Yeah.
0: So when you add the fact that he's also (laughs) CGI now, he's never as real in any other movie as he is in this movie and the next movie. Yeah.
1: That puppet's already visibly falling apart by the time he reappears in Jedi. (laughs) And I don't know what they were thinking with that Phantom Menace puppet. (laughs) At least they tried. At least they tried. I don't know who who thought that looked anything like Yoda, but okay. Um, Minox and Space Worms. Yeah. My note is, again, not too lofty to simply fight monsters. Well, go. That's part of it too. Yeah, right. That's part of this, you know, this character drama.
0: But going back to what you said about the great sound, Minox are, are horse neighing, run backwards.
1: Mm. Oh, it's fantastic. So good. There's, I mean, and again, like, this is what the movie gives us what we need when we need it. So when the Luke, Luke storyline starts to get very cerebral, mm-hmm. we get really schlocky in the other story. Yeah, line. right. So the timing is crucial here as well. It's just, you know, they're shooting Minox and escaping space worms yeah. for a few minutes as a kind of a, you know, a palate cleanser to what we've just seen. <laughs> right. Be- and then, you know, we need it as well as a kind of like an amuse-bouche because soon we're going to go into the cave. Into the cave, yeah. yeah. Um, it gets very metaphysical all of a sudden.
0: Mm-hmm. Now my uh, big question for you... Are you okay with the with the slow motion <laughs>
1: in the cave? <laughs> yes, because it's a stylistic departure. It makes with sense, a, doesn't it? With a purpose. Yes. Because it's suggesting the dreamlike quality and the fact that this is not really happening. All right. It's judiciously done, yes. Uh, equally judicious is that this movie's Weird Alien Parade is done uh, once again without any reaction shots of, or right. close-ups of the aliens. When we get to the bounty, bounty hunters, hunters on the Star Destroyer, they're just background. These bounty hunters are just part of the world. Compare that to the cantina. Right. Every single one of those fucking aliens has their own shot, mm-hmm. has their own close-up. You can barely see any of these these aliens. Well, and it's,
0: it's, it's a sight different than a CGI, I don't forget her name, but the singer from Jedi... Who mm. who gets in your version the close up with yeah. the the bulging eyes and the
1: oh yeah 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 that is a hard
0: yeah. note singing which was uh, it, which was the hard note was hard to take
1: yes <laughs> here here we get some more British imperial officers mm-hmm. uh, which is good because they immediately most of them are killed minutes into first their first appearance right um yeah we have already talked about you know we're trying to take luke down a peg and yoda's kind of rewriting the hero's journey in more critical terms mm-hmm. so he's saying everything you've done to this point is worth shit yeah <laughs> um with crucially without mentioning the death star i think that's deliverer it's like doesn't matter. None of it matters. Um, and also, crucially, he talks about the... F- and this is what is. This is why this is one of the best sequels of all time. He talks about the Force in a way that extends the mythology from what we know, but doesn't contradict what we've already seen. Right. And that is a huge failure of later Star Wars movies. I'll it's say. Just punk, can't keep their story straight. Here, there's a. Just stay consistent with what we've already seen. Doesn't mean you can't mm-hmm. uh, add in something new and different. Please do. But but don't contradict anything we've seen. And if you do, find a way around it that makes sense. Yeah. That you can explain to people without them having to use the headcanon.
0: Without to... them having to think about the blood.
1: <laughs> without th- yeah, the thinking about the the amount, the little... Metachlorines. Little, uh, little worms in your blood. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's... And then I've got... I mean, my next note is about raising the X-Wing.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: an in and out of world showstopper. Well, now... but right? But before we do that, what like,
0: where's your head with that cave scene? Like, say... Because what I find
1: remarkable about that—it's sur- it's, it's surrealism. Yeah,
0: but what I—I I mean, what I like about that cave scene is that when I think back to when I first saw it when I was eight, it should be something I almost can't understand, and yet I do.
1: Yeah, it's—I mean, it's dream logic, right? It's yeah, working on the—that's uh, what I mean by surrealism. It's working on the principle of dream logic, which is. ...is the most accessible form of, like, avant-garde. Mm-hmm. Because we all have dreams and we all know that they don't make sense, but they're trying to tell you something. Well, and... and this, but how much... This could, simp- this could simply... And this, you know, uh, this has been talked about a lot, but this... The, the interpretation of what happens can run from... Vader is Luke's father to... Luke is... Falling, you know, is going to go down the same path. He can as Vader, become him, he? yeah. Yeah, he has a choice to make. Does he become Vader, or does he, you know, become a jet? Does he but I him?
0: like the idea that he failed before he even went in.
1: Because he keeps his guns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because that, because to your point, this is the sort of cerebral part of the movie. Yeah. And that's a cerebral idea. Yeah, you're going to so. manifest. What's going to yeah. happen in that cave, based on the choice you make before you go in? Yeah, that's a pretty big concept.
1: It is. You know, when you're yeah, eight, I mean, for, yeah. for
0: an eight-year-old watching the movie, yeah. You know, and what I'm saying is, it like I might not have been able to put into words when I was eight all of that, but but I knew it still. And to me, there's yeah. something within Irvin Kirshner and the direction,
1: yeah,
0: that to me goes above and beyond
1: mm-hmm.
0: for that moment, just just because of that.
1: And you wouldn't be able to to convey that in dialogue to a child. Yeah, right. And you can do you can do it with visuals. Yeah, um, which is again another win for the no slash minimal dialogue route that this movie takes. Mm-hmm. Around this time, we hear word of Lando Calrissian. Yeah, uh, and again and he himself
0: not being a uh, philosophical metaphor.
1: <laughs> Han <laughs> Han uh, introduces both his backstory and his own backstory at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so both characters are being developed simultaneously, and then uh, Boba Fett, who we don't know at this point, is called Boba Fett unless you ordered the toy in advance. <laughs> um, is another new brand new character. So this second half of the movie is about introducing new characters to the franchise. Um. We discover a new superpower of the Force, which is seeing into the future. That's new. Mm-hmm. Brand new. And arguably, you know, we talk... I don't think there's many aspects of this film that are gateway to bad tendencies in the franchise, but maybe this is. This is the beginning of... Well, I don't know. I mean, is even, it, though, even, or is it even is it being what able to, others even choose being able to, to do to... with it later? Well I'm no I mean I'm no fan of Revenge of the Sith but from this scenario it's actually easy to see how Anakin falls victim to the uh to Palpatine's scheme mm-hmm. to convince him that something's going to happen in the future that he can prevent because that's what's going on here so it's every time you introduce this new superpower even you know pulling the lightsaber out from from a you know through the air mm-hmm. I mean the, what that becomes is you can pull any object from any point of space from anywhere so right, yeah it, you're right it is about what others choose to do it but uh, this opens up those possibilities in a way that weren't there before uh, not that that's the fault well of and there's a difference
0: all. to me because you know say in watching the most recent sort of Obi-Wan <laughs> yes I <laughs> You can make it uh, you can make an argument that uh, like Luke getting a lightsaber out of the snow is difficult because he's a young Jedi and it's stuck in the snow. Hmm. But even for, say, Yoda, I'm not going to say that it's difficult, but the plane is pretty heavy. So he has Hmm. to sort of it has to raise, you know, Methodically, it has to move through, and and I think part of that was just because of the constraints of actually doing the shot. But so when you get to an Obi Wan Kenobi and they're just flying the world's biggest boulders at each other, it's too easy. Yeah. To me,
1: it's I think I think there's a sense that these are all one-time deals. Yeah. And that's a lesson that future movies did not learn. Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. even down to the idea that Yoda has a lightsaber. Clearly not. Clearly that is not his weapon of choice. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Um, they So they arrive on Vespin, city mm-hmm. in the clouds, another new landscape, another ecosystem we haven't seen. Right. Um, built, it, even with just the clouds, it's built out enough. You don't have to add to it in the special edition. Nope was absolutely fine with just clouds and the building.
0: Don't change the buildings.
1: Don't change the buildings. You don't even um, have to change
0: the uh little double pods that go around the window.
1: Just leave them alone.
0: I honestly I lo- I... thought that that was a new shot that there not like I thought in the original there was no double pod coming around the window and there is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It
0: just looks different.
1: <laughs> it just yeah. Again, it's just authentic. One is authentic, one isn't. Yeah. Um, I love the f- something I, I went on upon arrival. So we, you know, we've got basic exposition of who Lando is. Mm-hmm. When they, when they arrive. Oh, but you know, talk I'm about,
0: like, yeah, an introduction. Han, Han,
1: and, Han and Chewie had this little mini conversation. Little, little powwow, yeah. Yeah, half of which you can't hear because you can't understand Chewbacca. And yet it's very clear what the dynamic is yes. and what the backstory is. And yet neither of them give you any information. Mm-hmm. It just says, though, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he's over that, you know, <laughs> That's sure, great. I'm sure he's not still mad about that. You know, it's, it's just it's like, oh, I know exactly what this the, situation the entire
0: relationship is. Yeah. And so and when he follows was, that by saying, just keep a lookout, you know, keep yeah. an eye out.
1: And also, you know, you need you you learn everything you need to know about Lando yeah. in his introduction. Because he's two-faced and he's untrustworthy. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you need to know about him in the in the context of this film. But
0: charming and likable.
1: <laughs> but charming and likable. Yeah. And also it gives us this tense moment out of nowhere. Which is more interesting than, you know, him coming in laughing and, um, and joyous. Right. And, you know, going back to Solo, I think fair and square is one of the few prequel explanations that they didn't ruin. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that in Solo, that means they both cheated each other yeah. out of the Falcon, not that they were both playing by the rules. Yeah, that, of course. That, I mean, obviously, that Lawrence Kasdan is the through line here. Right, right, right. Also in, in Solo, but I can see the A to B there in a way I can't with most of the prequel explanations of what happened, of, of what the backstory is to things yeah. in, in this film. Uh, Leary Lando as well.
2: Mm-hmm
1: you know Hans says you old smoothie yeah uh, we learn so much about this character from like a couple of minutes of of screen uh, right time.
0: literally just in a couple of lines
1: screenwriters take note it's a brand new character and yet we know everything we need to know about right. him in the first 2 minutes of him arriving uh, it's it's just... so
0: satisfying
1: and here we get another one of these these like out of nowhere surprise twists in this, this film, where C-3PO gets Just blown blasted, away. Exactly. Blown to pieces. <laughs> I mean, it's walked back, because nobody dies in Star Wars ever. Right. But it's a, it's like, at this at this point in the story, it's a huge spanner in the world, mm-hmm. right? Because we're like, uh, well, C-3PO's gone, and something's up here, they're not safe. Yeah. Uh my my next uh, i don't i don't know what do if we want to take another break or i don't know but we next, actually should yeah we should my next note is a big one okay then let's
0: do that let's take a break it's and a, we'll come back and finish up with a fourth segment
1: i fear i will challenge you with my next statement oh i'm excited and challenge the ethos of the rest of the series. of the <laughs> okay all right Well, look forward to that, people. (laughs) That's a tease. That is a cliffhanger tease. We'll be right back. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpa, guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.
0: And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I are here for most likely our last segment. <laughs> on The Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) Special edition. (laughs) All right, Tom, when last we left, uh, I think Luke was about to get a premonition, and uh, Mm -hmm. C-3PO had been blown away. But you had a a question for me.
1: I did. So, Obi-Wan appears for the first time as a fully-fledged Force ghost. Um, you know, not simply a mist. Right. Um, And he he says, I don't want to lose you the way I lost Vader. And for some reason, this line struck me in a way it hadn't before. Mm. So I wanted to ask you, does it matter that Vader is Luke's father? doesn't it emotionally work the same way given what the dynamic already is between these people?
0: That's interesting.
1: This is something that's been argued a lot in terms of Luke and Leia being brother and sister, whether that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard many people sort of questioning whether it was a good idea to make Vader Luke's father in the same right. way. But it strikes me, it's like, isn't there enough already in this, like, failed student, I think. Dynamic. I understand what you're saying. And does it? Ch- and does does him being a father change? Right. That? It doesn't really.
0: I get what you're saying, but maybe maybe it's not quite enough because it's one step removed to Obi Wan, who's except as force goes, to sort of. There's not enough stakes for for it to be his failure without the connection of.
1: But Vader killed his father in this version. True. Isn't that enough of a motive for Luke? Isn't that stakes enough for Luke? Yeah. And the stakes are... But I do...
0: There's something I like about the turning on its head. And maybe it's It's something... I think it's something that sets up something really well in Jedi. hmm. This idea... Because from a story writing standpoint... You know that there, you you want there to be, you you as an audience member think there's a foregone conclusion that, say, Luke's going to live, or this is going to happen, or that's going to happen. Right. And like you said, nobody fucking dies in Star Wars. But you want to raise, you want to raise doubt. Hmm. And Luke has this moment that we'll, we'll get to after their lightsaber battle, but he says, I'll never join you. Hmm. Now, if you accept that as the ultimate truth into the next movie, is the you know, is that ultimate truth make that movie less interesting? Or is the idea of, well, I don't know, would Luke join? This guy's his father. So if you don't have that, you could never have that thought. Now, as a kid, I don't think I ever thought Luke might join, because you see it as you know, cowboys with white hats and black hats. You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
1: Except he's wearing black. All, all black. black
0: in the next movie, for sure, yeah. Um, he goes from white to to tan to black.
1: I just wonder, I, I, my overall point is... In making Vader Luke's father does this take us down a path of space opera and family saga that forever dominates the destiny of this franchise? Like, if if we'd have done... Because this wasn't... I mean, just like Luke and Leia, this was not the original plan. There are drafts of this where uh, Luke's father appears as a force Yeah, yeah, there are. He appears as a force ghost. So, this this is not this is not baked in, as baked in as we think True. it is. True, and i wonder I think, whether it is the best way to go. Sometimes, I understand
0: what you're but, saying, I mean, the but moment, I don't. The
1: moment itself is—it's so good, justifiably. I and can't, I'm not gonna. I don't. Voice.
0: I think my my instinct is to not blame this movie for the choices made after it.
1: Except, I think that. I think that dramatically there's enough without it, and that makes me question whether we need Mm -hmm. it. But I still say, I mean, there is enough dramatically... I actually don't think it affects things...
0: There is enough there dramatically to make the story interesting, but isn't the most interesting thing hearing... Because you just said it. It's the most iconic moment in the series. But that, uh,
1: Yeah, in its own right, but I, I, I think... It makes other parts of the series suffer because yeah, of Yeah,
0: you might be right.
1: I don't know. That's that's tough. Woo. And you know, it sometimes feels like the easy option mm. to make everyone related. Right. See, but I, I think mean, there that's... are obviously worst example. Yeah, to I was just going gonna forward, say. I think that's. But once the, once the floodgates have opened, sometimes you can't get the water back in, mm. as no one has ever said. <laughs> brand new brand new uh right here
0: on it. the Everything Sequel Podcast. New sayings.
1: Anyway, food for thought. We'll return we'll we'll, we'll, we'll ask those listening we'll return to this. Yeah, we'll ask
0: those listening to let us know what they think.
1: Sure. And we'll talk we'll talk about it yeah. again, I think. Uh there is another Mm-hmm. Middle chapter of the trilogy. Who is it? Someone else's problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're just raising the possibility. But it goes exactly you... to
0: what you had spoken to earlier yeah. about I know. The only thing this movie has to do. Yeah. Was
1: But it's look it's, it's it knows its place, Yes. Right? It's looking ahead to the next film, but it's not answering the question. Because like you just said, the the next what you answer.
0: just said about uh you know Luke's father appearing as a force ghost with a even a different yeah. name, but But that was going to be different. That was going to be more explained. That was going to be something else. And finally it was settled on, no, there is another.
1: Uh Uh-huh. But And we'll talk about this more in the next film because it's where it's relevant to, but uh, they're not talking about Leia. Okay. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) I love the cinematography when Luke's X-Wing takes Uh off. It's amazing. Yoda's face in the shadow. Obi Wan disappears. It's like it's like a play.
0: And his, his face comes down.
1: It's like you you just you're it just, you're is. It's like, a play. it's like stage. It's like stage work. Um, equally speaking of you know, stage, uh, staging. Mm-hmm. I love the interior design of all the buildings in Cloud City. They're amazing. This utopian modernism. Mm-hmm. All these like big circular rooms, these spirals, Mm -hmm. it's just
0: gorgeous. Um, Even something as menacing as the carbonite chamber is still beautiful. Or the carbon freeze room, you know?
1: Everything in Cloud City has just the right amount of set and furniture detail. Um, Which is great, which is interesting because it's a completely random location, right? There's no reason why like, the Death Star is, like, that's where everyone's heading in Star Wars. One way or another, everyone is going to that Death Star. Right? That's a focal point. Right. This is just a random place that everyone's entering yeah, in. Yeah, right. Almost arbitrarily. And I kind of love that. Uh, but it's also perfect for what needs to happen in the story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh... I haven't paid any attention to this, and it's really hard. There's so many great things in this movie, so many great performances, so many different kinds of performances. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk briefly about Peter Mayhew. Sure. Because we sometimes forget that, again, that Chewbacca isn't real, that there's a yeah. guy in there. And just just how many of his acting choices are the reason that we love Chewbacca. I'm,
0: I'm really glad but, you're bringing this up because I was looking at an old review from Roger Ebert of this movie, who was saying, you well, like, what's the point of Chewbacca? I think they got ahead of themselves. They wanted a cute, furry dog, but uh, what does he bring to the table? You know, kind of on and on and on about the, you know, uh, the bad idea of a Chewbacca and that we never know what he's wow. saying. And that's not true. No. You know, you, you you like you said, his acting choices are fantastic in this movie.
1: Well, especially when... I mean, the moment I'm thinking of here is when he uses C-3PO's arms to shrug. (laughs) Right. Like, he asks him a question he doesn't know the answer to, and he goes... And then holds up C-3PO's arms. I'm thinking, that's special. This guy's a special kind of actor. Um... I have another music note here, just the level the attention to musical detail in this movie. Mm-hmm. That there's a separate theme just for walking around Vestman. Yeah. There's the da, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. It's like Only Investment right. That applies to two moments in the film and you've written a special theme for it. But I also John Williams work it on a whole different level. When,
0: when we when we get to the carbon freezing portion of the movie, the music hmm during that part to me is it really stood out on this watching of because it's sort of like a a funeral march of the imperial yeah. theme.
1: Absolutely. Yes, And It's yes.
0: astounding.
1: It's so good. Just to just to loop back to something just, you know, again more chewy. Goodness. Yeah. Uh just thinking about how much he carries these scenes without any dialogue mm-hmm. or anyone else in the scene. Right, yeah. The scene with the Ugnaughts, that's about a minute long. It's just grunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Playing hot potato with
0: his... 3PO's head.
1: Yeah, he rebuilds C-3PO in real time, and most of it is a long take. <laughs> yes. It makes me think if they'd done the holiday special right, and I guess with with Peter Mayhew in there, mm-hmm. you could have pulled off some of that Wookiee business. <laughs> Of Wookie business. If it was a little shorter, because in the right hands that works. Oh, yeah. You know, I could watch. I could watch that for a lot longer than it is in this yeah. movie. But of, but of course, because this is a perfectly written and edited movie, we immediately, you know, have hands uh, tortured body coming. Oh, out. yeah. Uh, it's like the perfect blend of comedy and drama. Um. I feel terrible. And, you know, yeah. I feel terrible. Uh, and I love that. You know, like the. It's such a, such a horrific moment, and they, you know, they break it up with the comedy of C three PO being put back together, yeah. and then the sarcasm of Leia saying, "You certainly have a way with yeah. people." And with Han sort of going like ah, mm-hmm. ah like you know like he's, he's got his Indiana that. Jones moments. Is it? I was just going to say you know is it looking forward to uh, Temple of yeah. Doom, um, and back to Raiders, um, and you know here's the sense where you uh, have it, Lando having been established as you know untrustworthy, yeah. two faced. Now we're adding to we're adding layers to that, and we get the sense that he's complicated rather than villainous, right? because he's made it's made the film is making clear that this is how he thinks he's going to keep his friends and himself alive. Right. Every choice he's making is not motivated by villainy, it's motivated by caring. Oh, I mean by the way, we skipped over what what I think is up there with the I am no Luke, I am your uh, the no I am your father. Scene. You
0: almost got it wrong. <laughs> I know,
1: I know. <laughs> we'll talk about the Mandela effect. Exactly. Um is when was when Vader is in the. Uh, in the refraction, the dining room. room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, uh, Boba Fett overdubbed. Well, yeah, can't even be justified artistically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. So this is another another kind of you, you. You mentioned the John Williams sound, but also the also the diegetic sound in the carbonite freezing. Scene. Oh man, yeah. Um, in fact, the carbonite freezing moment is all, done almost entirely with sound. Mm-hmm. The music, the jets firing, Chewie howling. Um, we have C three PO's view yeah. of what's going on, like he's unable, like uh, it's what's happening, you know. <laughs> And I love the idea of carbonite, which, by the way, is like began here, but it will be followed up later um, by like the Mandalorian and yeah, Jedi. Sure. It's not a sci fi idea, but rather an idea within a science fiction yeah, world. Right. So they're using technology in the wor- in world that it's not meant to be used Yes. For. That's very interesting. Very. Because that's sort of like. And it makes me, and again, I'm reading it through the prism of light and magic. But is there a kind of on-screen, off-screen the way <laughs> yeah, that light right. and magic are just like putting potatoes and shoes? Yeah, in right, right, shot? right. This sort of like, well, we carbonite would work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like it's not, you know, it's not what it's meant to be for, but it'll work. So
0: so long as it doesn't kill them.
1: Yeah. Um, but I also
0: think it's important then, you to. Know, you know, we, we referenced the line earlier. We, uh, I love you, I know. And a yes. lot of people have erroneously thought that that was just made up by Harrison Ford in the moment as an improv, and it wasn't. It was in discussion mm-hmm. with Irvin Kirshner.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: The story that I love, because Kirshner tells it on the, on, on the movie itself, is that they were, they were trying to get this right For a really long time. And they kept trying different things. And they literally were in meal penalty. uh, You know while filming. And they just wanted to get the shot done. And so he and Harrison Ford talk about a little bit. He goes how about a you know Harrison suggested I know. And he goes great do that do it do it do it. So he said she says I love you. And Harrison Ford says I know. And he's cut that's it go to lunch. And people come up to him and we got to keep going. You got to get the shot. And he goes, no, we got the shot. And he goes, no, no, no. You you, like, we have to keep, you don't want to just end with that. We, we need to get the shot. And so even on the day, nobody understood Mm. what Kirshner did, which was that's going to work like gangbusters. We're done. We have the shot. It's over, you know?
1: Well, they're also filming in Britain in the early 1980s. That's true. the meal, the the meal penalty is actually having the meal. (laughs) Right. They would rather, they would rather not have the meal, and get money. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course, that's a, a yeah, a brilliant story. It's really funny that in my head I merged the the uh, also somewhat erroneous anecdote of the of shooting shooting the the sword swordsman in Raiders mm-hmm. with this one to the point where I'm like, oh, he said I know because he had the shits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I bet someone tells that story as if right. it's the same thing. Um, yeah, and so this is the beginning of Lando's redemption mm-hmm. arc, right? Uh,
0: Imagine what they do with that character. Because it's not like he's showing up early in the movie.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what I, I know. mean? Yeah. Um,
0: so the arc that he has within 40 minutes of screen time.
1: It's incredible. It's fantastic. Yeah. And again, using using this entirely random location really well... Mm-hmm. When Luke and R two arrive, R two gets trapped behind the door. the door. So the movie's literally saying, "This is the fun part of the movie. This is the exactly. serious part of the movie." And we you and you cannot, cannot cross them. that line, sir. <laughs> um, the first meeting of Luke and Vader, which is their first meeting yeah. in chronology, uh, I don't think anything's contradicted that so far, right? No, not yes. yet. Yes, not yet. I mean, it give will, it time. But not yet. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> give it another <laughs> Disney Plus series, and we'll be there. Um, the lack of music here is crucial. Is so, yeah. And the atmosphere, the lighting, the furniture—just the right amount of everything. Yes. No. The, the background isn't busy like it will be in the prequels. Um, and the lightsaber duel. Again, this is only the second one we've mm-hmm. seen. We're upping the ante because Luke's young, mm-hmm. so it makes it a more active combat. And we've seen, we saw him Interest- interestingly doing a a Mortal Combat style flip earlier, yeah, on in his trait in training <laughs> with you, right? Um, so we know that there's the potential for this kind of martial arts, more of a kind of martial arts uh, feel to it than two slow old men lumbering towards each other with so- with wooden yeah. swords that we got in the original um but
0: everything about it is pitch perfect because yeah even within the storytelling of itself luke is defeated early but then he's able mm-hmm. to jump out of the carbonite uh
1: whatever yeah. it is the structure when you were a kid when you were a kid did you know that this wasn't the death star that they were fighting on yeah okay i understood that when i was a kid i totally thought it was the death oh, star oh wow okay yeah that's uh, interesting i just want
0: wondered... But there are Luke, choices Luke get- made by, you know, I mean, you have that, you have, I, 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 I always remember thinking when, when Luke jumps out of the carbonite chamber and Vader <laughs> cuts that tube in half and all the steam goes everywhere yeah. and Luke gets his lightsaber back. I, I always think, Vader, come on, it'll never work now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's
2: like, yeah. like
0: he's breaking the machine. As though, as though that matters. Um, as though
1: that matters to anyone at this point. You know, yeah. when they go down to as the next level, the,
0: the idea of, of Vader forcing stuff towards them. some of it looks a little awkward shot-wise, but when, when Luke falls out of the window mm-hmm. and onto that platform below, maybe one of my favorite shots in the entire series is when he starts walking into that hallway and out comes Vader... And Kirshner yeah. keeps the shot right there.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. looming mm-hmm.
0: over him and overpowering him. And you see how good he is and how not ready Luke is. And Luke is just kind of surviving by his wits. And then there's yeah. a, you know, a, a medium shot, but from it's almost Hitchcockian of from up above. Yeah. It really everything is. about it. I just love it.
1: It's, it, I forgot to mention this in regard to the the battle on Hoth, but here Kershner's direction direction of action makes all the yeah, difference. Right. The, the zoom, it's the zooming and the fast cutting in that sequence mm-hmm. that makes it. And it's the same. It's exactly what you've said here. It's how he. It's how he films it. How he how it's edited. Right. That um that makes it work. Uh, R two fixes the door. Yes. Which is what he does. <laughs>
0: um, when he can. When he's not putting things where they don't belong it is belong. a big
1: moment you know like his return matters yeah without right. him they can't escape uh everything has a reason everything has a purpose in, in this film and then we flip the the opening sequence because uh at the beginning luke gets away and the falcon's in jeopardy and then the falcon gets away and now luke's in mm-hmm. jeopardy the falcon well i mean does the falcon get away as much as it ever does in this film um and then we get to, you know, the most, probably the most famous moment in the film. Sure. And the things I'm struck by, uh, Luke losing his hand. Mm-hmm. Like, not physically bloody, but bloody, but very violent and troubling. Yeah. For a kid's movie. Yeah. In inverted commas. But it reminds uh, me of... And, you know, he spent the entire movie being beaten up, and now he loses his hand. Yeah. It's like, it's relentless. It never stops. This movie's dark, but I never remember
0: having a feeling as a kid that it was too much, that I was scared beyond my wits, that uh, I couldn't handle it. It always
1: counterbalances. Yeah. I think that's the genius. It's always
0: there. And I'm reminded of a conversation I had with Matt for Project 1982 when we were talking about The Dark Crystal and we Mm. were talking about Secret of Nim, And both those, you know, all those filmmakers, including Frank Oz, uh, who worked on the movie, but, uh, you know, Don Bluth used to say, yeah, you can do you can make it as dark as you want, so long as you have a happy ending, which doesn't happen in this movie. But <laughs> more, uh, it's not an unhappy, but it's not an unhappy ending. And more specifically, uh, Jim Henson had said, I think people don't give kids enough credit for what they can handle. And yeah. that's what this whole movie feels like to me. This 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 these this impression that this movie is too dark and uh it uh, has nothing for somebody to latch on to, I don't think is true. Hmm. Um,
1: no, I do Yes. I mean, here's, here's a moment that speaks to exactly what you're saying Luke sliding down the log flu. Yeah. It's like a dark variation on the roller coaster ride. It looks fun, but danger and death at the end of it. Yes, all. right. Um, and then we get a really. Good inversion of the end of the last movie: Luke calling out to Obi Wan, but he's not there.
0: Because mm-hmm. he, when, by the course. way, said he he will not be there. I cannot yeah. help you. I cannot. I cannot. Interfere. I cannot interfere. Yes.
1: But you know, we don't necessarily believe that until this point. And he's like, "No, you're on your right. own." Um, and then you know, to tell tell tel- the telepathy with Leia. And a lot of people say this is evidence for the fact that they knew that she was going to be his sister at this point. I think it's just plot convenience at this stage. I think it's like just Luke. I think it could be both. (laughs) Uh, Well, it looks like both in retrospect, but I think they probably thought, oh, remember when we did that? That helps us with this huge retcon we're about to do. Oh, you don't
0: think that that Leia was planned at this moment?
1: No. I think that's pretty established. Not until in between this and Jedi that they knew.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, Lucas has gone back and forth on on this throughout his career. He says different things in different interviews. Yeah, I'm trying to think back on the commentary I was watching. And before I think I think the work the operational theory is before the the prequel backlash he was willing to say that he made it all up as he went along. Mm-hmm. But he got very insecure after the prequels had such a bad reaction that he claimed that you know, um, that he, it was all a master plan. There's absolutely no evidence for that from other people. Interesting. So he didn't, he didn't certainly didn't let anyone else know if this is what he was doing yeah. um, at any point. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had them French kissing. True. Um,
0: well, French kissing, you're going a little mm, far, I think.
1: Hmm, no. <laughs> no, they went a little far. <laughs> um, yeah, this is where we get the needless shoe leather that I talked about in the ranking episode. Darth Vader's like, right. But people need to know how Darth Vader got from one, one place to the other by shuttle. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> that's that's what I assumed. I had already concocted that in my head. I don't have access to a transporter in yeah. this world, so it's oh, that's the only option. Right. And uh, he walks into the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh,
0: Although from what I understand, they used a different shot. Not that I care, because
1: you still yeah. used you a shot from Jedi. A... You can still see Moff Gijoe. Yeah, who really shouldn't be there if he's working on the Death Star. Right. Um, Lando. Wrestles... But also,
0: we get, you know, it's it's such a satisfying. I like I like that this movie uses runners. And the mm-hmm. Millennium Falcon not working is the, one of the greatest runners ever. And it's rule of three. Yeah, exactly. It fails three times. And so for the last failing, in the moment where you finally, because it subverts the audience, because you finally think it's going to win or work, mm. and the look from both Leia and Chewie to Lando, who's having a sort of 10-year-old boy tantrum. Yeah. Oh, I just love but all the- of it.
1: But this is the, mo- I mean, you sort of see from the minute he's on screen and I, I, this is, I don't know how, this is behind, you. I don't know how much you need to know the behind the scenes situation, but I think it's pretty clear on screen that they're trying to establish Lando as a surrogate for Han yeah. Solo if Harrison Ford decides not to renew his contract right. which at that time he didn't look like he was yeah, going to. exactly. I mean, everyone draws attention, you know, everyone's drawn attention to the fact he's, he's wearing, wearing his clothes and Solo's clothes <laughs> at the very end of the movie but with the failure of the hyperdrive and him saying it's not my fault and the fact that he and Han have sort of basically the same backstory mm-hmm. it's very clear that they're moving one out and moving the other yeah. in at this point or at least leaving that open wait weighing their yeah. options in case he doesn't Now come back. I, I just realized cuz
0: do we want to go back and talk about the iconic line anymore or
1: do uh, to... I don't have anything You're else okay? on it, apart from the space opera, and probably wasn't a good idea in retrospect.
0: Hmm, I'm still not, yeah,
1: fully convinced of that.
0: I do like sort of the backstory because were... he doesn't
1: believe it by the end. Of... He he still doesn't still in no the sense that he believes it by the end of
0: the yeah movie. right. Well, but he does call him father, but he doesn't mm-hmm. truly know, of course, until Jedi. But I think that's more for the audience. But I also, you know, there were. Five people that knew. I'm trying to remember now because Mark Hamill knew, Lucas knew.
1: Oh, you're talking about off uh, off world. You are talking out of, out world. of world. You were talking behind the yeah. scenes, and I was thinking in my head. I was going Bail Organa, Yoda, Obi Wan.
0: But one of the people that didn't know was uh, David Prowse. Prowse? How do you say that? David Prowse. Yeah. And he has always he. I guess it super pissed him off. He always said he would have made a different choice physically.
1: Well, that's probably why he gives he gives spoilers at every fan convention he's ever been to as revenge. <laughs> that's funny. They hate him. Also, it's not usually David Prowse in there. That's this. true. There's a lot of different. Yeah,
0: certainly when they're fighting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. But I actually like his physical choices.
0: Uh, me too. I think it works. That was my question for you.
1: But I don't know if it's Prowse in there. That's true. <laughs> That's the problem. Um, well, anyway, and he said, "You know why he, he he's." I love the fact that Luke's like, "Why didn't you tell me to Obi Wan who's not there?" Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just again like, we'll explain it next time. Yeah, right. Not not for this movie. Yeah. We d- one we don't know, and two, we need time. <laughs> um, I love speaking of runners. I love that we return to the image of Vader at the window. Yeah, it's like this film has a visual style and memory all of its own. Mm-hmm. It stands on its own as a as a piece as as a visual piece of art. Absolutely.
0: Um, and we've mentioned it several times now, but obviously we you know. Those who know the movie know that R two has been told by the Bespin computer, so he's yeah. going to take care of some business, and we are going to get the hyperdrive activated, and of course that means we go back to Piet. That's oh, so good. The real star of this the real film. star of this
1: movie. That we've seen we've seen in this course of this movie we've seen promoted to admiral. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of the few people to see Darth Vader outside of his. Buckets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he somehow avoids being force choked while all all his colleagues are uh, murdered around him. That's great. Uh, I would be hey, Disney Plus Piet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do it, do it. Do I it, would be it. into it. I I'll be there. Hospital drama. In well, the you can't world. though. He dies. Piet. He dies in Jedi. Oh yeah, but you could do between. Alright. Or a prequel. No, don't do a prequel. Prequel um <laughs> Piet prequel. Yes. Private private yeah. Piet. Um <laughs> Like Back to the Future 2, this yeah. the end of this movie gives its own trailer to the next movie. <laughs> they, 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 tell you they they tell you what's the, gonna happen next. The first act of the next yes. movie is gonna be. Um When we find that bounty hunter luke Luke, luke's back in (laughs) luke's back in the hands of the medical droid Uh, yeah he's jesus christ (laughs) what is going on with you (laughs) i turned my back for five seconds stupid ass human and you know sense of dramatic full circle you know luke's back in the hospital Yeah, yeah even
0: even lucas himself talks about this movie in terms of it not having a beginning or an ending
1: and I don't think I agree with that. I don't agree with that at I, all. I, no. You know, it's you know, it's you took it, it's a perfect again like everything in this movie, it's perfectly balanced. We right? talked
0: about Star Trek, and Star Trek Three: The Search of Spock. You, you know, because you gave a lot of voice to the accidental trilogy, and that you don't ever make yeah. a perfect second part in an accident. Yeah. And this, of course, was planned and it looked, you know, it comes across as the perfect plan for a second part yeah. in a in a movie trilogy.
1: It really doesn't, you know, I would describe the ending as ambivalent. Mm-hmm. It's not happy or unhappy. There's a sense of optimism. You know, there's... Everyone the survived. The, the perfect metaphor for this is the mechanical hand, right? Yeah. It's sort of like he lost his hand, but we live in a world where that is not the end of the story, right? You it's not the end of your hand, hand or a hand. And they and they dwell on that so much that I think it's got to be, a, you know, they're just trying to they're trying to boy you up for the beginning yeah. of the next movie and say that there isn't there is another chapter to this story. And that's exactly what you need to do. Sure. Um, and, you know, they're looking out the window towards the future. Mm-hmm. Uh c-3po's got a new he, code he's of yeah he's got a gold paint yeah. um he's been buffed so it's ambivalent <laughs> you know which this whole movie is you know it's it's balanced. doesn't it's uh balance
0: doesn't doesn't hand at the beginning of this movie call him goldenrod
1: goldenrod yeah, yeah. and the professor Your professor is my personal plug favorite. the professor into the computer out the professor. <laughs> love that i think that's i think that's great um He's so t- Han Solo is so toxic in those early scenes yeah. in this movie. He's like taunting Leia sexually, mm-hmm. gagging C-3PO. Um. That's all. Uh, then I'm in the credits finally. Yeah, credit somehow. credit.
0: Check me, please.
1: <laughs> it's not much. I'll be quick. All right. Uh, joint billing for Hamill, Ford, and Fisher. Yeah. Because their celebrity rose in tandem, mm-hmm. right, through this property. But it's interesting, like. Their future stardoms diverge, diverge right? Drastically, sure. Like, yeah. Um, interesting that all the people behind the mask get lumped together in the same <laughs> screen. Right. Except for 3PO. And somehow Franco's is at the bottom of this list. Which doesn't really make understand. any sense. Uh, the supporting cast are divided into ranks, mm-hmm. which is fine, but you could also list the Imperial officers by nationality if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, we talked a little bit about industrial light and magic and it's difficult to comprehend but an entire company worked on the effects in this right. movie because that's it, back when I all l- they had
0: to do were these movies
1: The Star, Star Wars yeah. right that's before they even took Wrath of Khan as a they were moonlighting yeah. for but one scene yeah this is pre pre uh, but um, think
0: of the work that they do on Khan in 82 yeah. and then just one year later when we're seeing the Death Star the unfinished Death yes. Star in front of the moon mm-hmm. like how far that that little bit yeah. of technology came in just one year
1: yeah and this is you know this this is what six years all told of yeah real time yeah. for this entire trilogy um at least my version ended with uh, a phone line, 1-800-THX. Mm-hmm. So you can throw your local theater under the bus for not using the THX system. <laughs> <laughs> kind of vindictive fuckers doing that? <laughs> That's
0: great. How often is that phone line utilized? I don't know. But it reminds me of a story uh, when I worked at a movie theater and Godfather 3 was out. hmm and about an 85-year-old man heavy him. set bald walked out of the theater of Godfather 3 and said hey gave me the finger come over here and i walked over and said yes he goes turn up the sound in there or i'll report you to los angeles yeah. and i said okay what's the telephone yeah. number for los angeles exactly <laughs>
1: we'll report you to the excellent <laughs>
0: So I'm sure he made a call too. Well, no, no
1: one would report. No one would report this movie to Los Angeles.
0: Hell no.
1: Well, that's that's it. Got to be our longest episode. It will be since that unaired pilot we did, <laughs> 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 where well, we attempted to talk about all the Superman films in one in episode. One episode.
0: <laughs> kind of feels the yeah, same. Yeah, we redid that. The same feeling. I don't know. Maybe we'll break it up into two. We'll see. Yes, we'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know where we stand. That's where you should stand for The Empire (laughs) Strikes Back. But by all means, tell us what you think. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. For Tom Stewart, he's from Lonesome Lonesome Whistle Productions, Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. When you hear us next time, we'll be talking about Return of the Jedi. Say goodbye to everyone, Tom. I'm nice, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Probably the most underrated line. I'm a nice man. (laughs) No, he says I'm nice men. (laughs) He he uses the plural. She says I like nice men. He says I'm nice (laughs) men. Green riding
0: economy added boom. All right, until next time, everyone.